Avalanche fans, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever and wherever you may be listening. And thank you for joining the Locked On Avalanche podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Chris Maselli, with another episode of the podcast dedicated to your Colorado Avalanche. And man, was that an absolute clinic that the Colorado Avalanche put on the Dallas Stars in the second game of the round robin tournament. Uh, We're going to get into all of that good stuff, as well as where the Avalanche sit and what the rest of the round robin can hold. The Avalanche are obviously in a very good spot, being 2-0-0, but could fall to the number three spot. They can't go to four, but they could actually still fall to the three spot. So the way that they're playing, we, we can't figure that could happen. But it is a possibility, and we will uh, talk about uh, why that is, which is kind of odd. But before we get into all of the the greatness that we just witnessed, uh, talk about where you can follow the show on Twitter, L-O-P-N underscore Avalanche. Follow on Instagram, search for Locked On Avalanche, and send any questions, comments, concerns, opinions, what's on your mind, how you think the Avalanche look, where are they hitting their stride? Any concerns that you might have, send everything and anything to LockdownAvalanche at gmail.com. All right, so we had talked uh, for quite a while about what to ex- Well, not even what to expect from w- the Avalanche when it came to this game against the Dallas Stars because... The Avalanche did not beat the Stars in the regular season. That was well documented. It was just one of those teams that they could not figure out. They were good games. It's not like they ever got really blown out in these games. Went to overtime in, I think, two of them. Uh, But regardless, they they, they played well. They just were on the losing end. And, uh, you know, that's a sign of a good team in Dallas when you can figure out ways to win. It doesn't always have to be a blowout. Win is a win. And points are points. So we had talked about so many times, does it matter? Does this break matter to what had happened in the regular season? And the Avalanche put up an emphatic, no, it does not matter. Uh, Because this was, this, like I said in the beginning, this was an absolute clinic that the avalanche were putting on that you you knew you had the feeling that there is no way the stars are going to win this game not because they weren't putting in an effort i think you can say they did put in an effort but it was just the avalanche were not even one step better they were three four steps better than the stars it was from really the get-go and the stats were kind of even as the game got from the beginning into like the middle stages in terms of like shots on goal and things like that but the avalanche just decided to take over and impose their will and say we are the better team we are healthy and hear us roar is what they basically said and you didn't know what you were going to get with dallas because you could have got one of two options. Dallas had a very tough loss to Vegas. They were up 3 to 1. They they gave up four goals in the third. Basically, they gave up four goals in 10 minutes in the last 10 minutes of the third. 
and lost it free. So when, when you lose again in the situation that you're in with this round robin tournament, you don't have time to dwell on that. You have to turn around and you have to play another very good team. Not immediately, but a couple days later, obviously. So what, what team are you going to get? Are you going to get the team that blew a third period lead, a late third period lead, and now your back is up against the wall and you only have one game after this one to determine your seeding? And are you going to come out fighting? Or are you going to be the team that, you know, continues to, I guess, sulk a little bit? And kind of not let that loss die and move past that loss. And I feel like that's the team we got. Dallas had nothing. Dallas was not the team that we have watched four times anyway. uh, In the regular season against Colorado. I don't know what that was. But I, I, I know part of it. Part of it was on Dallas. And a big part of it was Colorado just said we're coming out of the gates flying and ladies and gentlemen, to anybody listening, this Colorado team is absolutely for real. And that's not a a shock to anybody listening right now. If you're an avalanche fan, you're listening to this, you know that this team is, is capable. Uh, but another thing that we had been talking about for so long is now that we have a healthy team, how good can this team really be? If this was anything, if this was any wording whatsoever, it's you're gonna you're gonna have to deal with us, and this this is I mean who who if if the Colorado Avalanche play like that, who can beat this team four times in a series? Who in the Western Conference? Now, when you get if they make it to the Stanley Cup, let's hope they obviously they do. You would think that their opponent might be Tampa Bay. Maybe Boston, maybe Philadelphia, who's who's continuing to play well. That's a different story, and we will, if if God forbid, hopefully we can get to that point. We can talk about that all day long, about who their opponent would be on the East Coast. For the West Coast, who can beat this team the way that they played tonight four times? I defy you to tell me a team. And as I said before, in other shows, Edmonton obviously scares you. With the two-headed monster of Drysdale and McKinnon, or uh, McDavid, excuse me. But even then, I don't think Edmonton has it in them to beat this team four times. And the way that the Avalanche are playing, they won't have to play Edmonton at least in the first round. They definitely won't because they're not going to drop down to four. So that would be later uh, in the playoffs, if at all. But even even the teams in this round robin tournament. I don't think can hang with the Avalanche the way that they are playing and the defense they are playing. Good Lord. Like, the the Avalanche gave them... I think Dallas finished with 27 shots on goal, but didn't it feel like they had, like, 10? I mean, Pavel Francouz sure got the shutout, deservedly so, but that shutout's on the defense. McCarr gave them nothing. Gerard gave them nothing. Uh, Johnson gave them nothing. They were just stellar in almost every aspect of the game. So we're going to continue to break this thing down as well as, like I said, look into, uh, still the possibilities of the avalanche in seating. And we're going to get to all that here in a minute. 
All right, so as good as the Avalanche were all season long, despite the injuries, one of the things that they struggled with was the power play. And even in the first game against St. Louis, it didn't look so good. But, you know, I think this was just one of those games. I, I don't, I don't, I think they only had maybe one practice in between, maybe two actually, uh, in between the St. Louis game and today. Obviously, it's something that they always work on. But when you're clicking, you're just clicking in the game. And when everything clicks, it usually carries over into the power play. And it definitely did for the Avalanche tonight. And they were, what were, I know, I know they, I think they were three for five on the power play, I believe. Um, two for five. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. So they were two for five, but you could kind of almost put an asterisk on there to say that they were three for five because the, the one that Burakovsky got, I believe, um, he put that in maybe a second after the Dallas uh, penalty was over. So, yes, technically it is uh, not a power play goal, but, um, you know, the, the I think it was Pavelski who had the penalty. I mean, maybe one skate was on the ice when Burkowski put that in. So, no, not a power play goal, but the power play did the work to to get that goal. So, two out of five slash three out of five, if you want to say that. And even on the two that they didn't score, they still looked great. There was one that they held the puck in that zone for maybe a minute and a half, and Dallas was heavy on the legs. And they needed a lucky bounce. They got one. They cleared it and, and were able to switch lines. But um, it was unbelievable that they they, they kept the, the puck in the zone for that long. So power play looked good, obviously. A um, couple line changes that were, were different. Nemetsnikov went up on the first line, which was interesting to see. I don't know if that was just Bednar testing some lines or he was not happy with how Burakovsky played. They basically switched. I don't, yeah, I think they, because Nemetsnikov I think it was on the third line before. So uh, he went up to the third line. Burakovsky went, excuse me, Nemetsnikov went up to the first line. Yes, Burakovsky went down to the third line and and both scored goals. So again, interchanging lines, you can pretty much interchange anybody and and they'll perform. Uh Nemetsikov's goal was was a nice one, nice on the rebound. Uh Burkowski's goal obviously. Um Nieto on the fourth line today, no Tyson Jost. So I think more of that is just, you know, testing these guys out, seeing what's working, seeing who's playing well. I thought Nieto looked okay. Nothing really stood out, just like nothing really stood out for Jost uh, in the first game. Um, Donskoy with a goal. Pretty easy rebound on his on his uh, goal. And the shots on goal, at one point they were being outshot by Dallas. I think it was like 21 to 20 or 22 to 21. And it ended 40 to 27. So I think it was 21 to 20. So they got after that after that split it was 20 to 6 of shots on goal. Just <laughs> all around domination. I, I I don't know what where where was a glaring deficiency in this game. And again, even in the first game against St. Louis, 
there was some as the game went on, sure. But like I said in in uh, Monday's episode, uh, they looked great in that first period, with the exception of Gabe Landeskog having a foolish penalty in that first period. You couldn't pick a guy that played poorly. So it kind of carried over into this game, but this was for a full three periods. It, it was just incredible to see them up and down the ice Always, always in front of Dallas. Dallas had nothing. Dallas had nothing. And you you are playing so you are playing a, a playoff game. Granted it's a round robin game. These games matter. Somewhat. I mean, you, you know, you're getting seeding, and I know some people are testing some things out. The Avalanche are testing things out with lines, clearly, with goalies, clearly. So yeah, like the Avalanche proved you they can interact or interchange mix and match lines goalies and still play like that dallas can't do that or at least they proved it today that they can't do that so wow so uh, what what are we going to do with with goalies uh because they've both looked good Francois sure with the shutout um i think a lot of that comes to the the defense but a shutout is a shutout uh, he got that. I think Grubauer looked very good in his game against St. Louis. I think if both guys are looking good, it's going to go to Grubauer. And I don't think it's because he he will do enough to win it um, and not lose it. So, Francois, ha- you can't do anything else than pitch a shutout in what Francois did. I think whoever gets the nod against Vegas uh, is your starter. I don't think, and, and I could be wrong on this. Uh, maybe I'll say how I would play it is I, and I wouldn't announce this and say, this is my guy, but I would, I, I wouldn't split time in against Vegas. I would use that as like the last, I guess, warm up. If you want to say it's a warm up, even though it's really not. Uh, I would put who I am going to start game one of round one in to get as much time as possible and not split these guys, unless you really haven't made a decision. But I think there's enough there that your decision pretty much is going to be made, and I think it's going to be Grubauer. I think he will play against Vegas. If he plays the entirety of that game, I think that is your answer. He, He is... If, if he is the guy, you are going to get, you're going to want him to tune him up as much as you can. So you let him play that entire game. If you're undecided, then you split the time. But I, I don't think you're going to get much more than you already have in in both of these guys and in naming a starter. So my money's on Grubauer. I think he plays the whole game against Vegas. And uh, we'll, we'll see where he goes from there. So, and about that game in Vegas. What what are the scenarios in win, lose, or draw for the Colorado Avalanche? We're going to talk about that next. All right, so the Avalanche clearly are looking good through two games. One more to go against Vegas. And if you just want to take care of your own stuff, uh, Avalanche win, obviously they're the number one seed. They would finish 3-0, lock up that number one seed. There are other scenarios, however, where they don't. Um, if so, here here's the option: if they if they go in to Vegas 
and Vegas, because Vegas is playing tonight against St. Louis. If Vegas beats St. Louis, then it's they're both 2-0, and it's going to be a winner-take-all. If St. Louis, who is oh, if if St. Louis, so St. Louis is zero one. If they tonight beat Vegas in overtime, thus giving Vegas a point and St. Louis getting a point, and then Vegas beats Colorado in regulation, that gives Vegas five points. Would keep. Colorado at four points. And then if St. Louis goes on to beat Dallas, St. Louis would be the number two seed. And Colorado would now be the three seed. And the reason for that, so even, okay, even if all teams finished two and one, so say Vegas finished two and one, say uh, St. Louis two and one, Colorado two and one, it would be St. Louis as the number one seed. Because not, and you're thinking, well, we beat them head to head in the round robin, which was my thinking initially too. It is not based on round robin head to head. It is based on regular season points percentage. How bizarre is that? And it's it's not like we've known that, uh, but now that we're seeing it in action, uh, and we're we're kind of in the midst of all this, and now we're seeing that rule kind of bubble up. Uh, now it's now it's kind of like a head scratcher, and not because the Avalanche are in the position that they're in. It's just, it was one of those things that you didn't really think about it. You just got excited that hockey was coming back, and we're getting around Robin. Okay, and they said it then. They said it when they announced around Robin that um, it's going to be based on regular season uh, points percentage. But like I said, now that it's here and it's live, it it just doesn't seem right. <laughs> I mean, a round robin is a round robin, and I, I, if you're determining seeding, it should be on that round robin tournament solely. But they're not doing it that way, so it, it's it's a bizarre scenario. But yes, the Avalanche could still finish third because, like I said, right now they have four points, and if Vegas wins in the overtime, that would give them uh, three. They beat Avalanche in their head-to-head. They go up to five. If St. Louis wins out, uh, they have the same record as the Avalanche, and that would bump them up. So that would bump them up to number two, and Vegas would be the number one. So it's just it's it's still it's still wide open. Is is the the end result here? Uh, as well as the Avalanche are, uh, they could go from one to three uh, fairly quickly. But you have to feel confident about what they're doing, even if they do go down to number three. Let's say just, you know, crazy scenarios happen and they go down to number three because they had a bad game against Vegas. You still have to feel really good about the Avalanche heading into these playoffs, no matter who they play. So, yeah, you want to lock up that number one seed because that's, you know, it's the number one seed. It makes you feel good. Uh, you 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 swept the round, your round robin games. Um, but... It could, you know, backfire where you go down to number three. And, and we don't know who's playing who right now. The, the the planned round is just craziness as we're speaking. So who knows who's going to be playing where. Uh, but I don't think the Avalanche care about that. I think they care about uh, winning 
every single game that they step on the ice for. And whoever their opponent is, they are not afraid of them right now, especially if the way they play tonight is the effort they can get in day in and day out. So kind of recapping the stats for this one. What do we got here? All right. So your, uh, like I said, Pablo Francois, 27 saves on 27 shots. Your goals are Donskoy, Burakovsky, Makar, and Nemetsnikov. Uh, and we even talked about the Makar goal. Uh, great. The guy, the guy is just effortless the way he plays. It's just it's just so fun to watch that guy play. It just comes, hockey just comes so effortlessly to him. It's awesome. Sam Gerrard, our boy, two assists on the day. Nathan McKinnon with an assist. Miko Rantanen assist. Gabe Landeskog and Nazem Kondry with assists. Nathan McKinnon seems like he is just warming up for the playoffs, for the first round of the playoffs. He, he, it's, it's like he didn't have, you know, four days off, let alone four months. Uh, he is absolutely everywhere. And the goals will come, obviously. They always do for him. But uh, I, in some weird way, it's almost like he is holding back a little bit. And when these playoffs really do start, uh, he he he's just going to kick it up into another level if that's even humanly possible. He's just far and away the best player on the ice, night in and night out, night in and night out. And we say that all the time about him, but when you watch it in action, you're just in awe. So yeah, I think he's just waiting for these playoffs to really kick off, and he's going to do the same. So yeah, great time to be an Avalanche fan. Ladies and gentlemen, they they are looking mighty good. You got to feel really good about this team, uh, no matter who is is in there in which line. It doesn't matter. Uh, they're going to be a very very difficult out in these playoffs. And tonight was tonight was almost a game to put the rest of the NHL. I don't want to say on notice because people know about the Avalanche, but maybe in a way that they're like, okay, the Avalanche don't need time to warm up. The Avalanche have their legs. And they're they're off and running, so maybe we should do the same. And Dallas didn't do that, and now they're paying the price for it. And you know they only had only to go up. They came in as the four seed, probably going to end up as the four seed. So no harm no foul for them. But if you're looking at the way that they played, they can't be happy. The complete opposite is true for the Avalanche. You didn't know how teams were going to come out of the gate with this thing with all the time off. And I said, it, you know, it didn't seem like Nathan McKinnon had four days off. That's for the entire team. This is a this is a nasty, nasty team. So uh, look out, NHL. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to be it. We will see everybody tomorrow. And, uh, yeah, let's get ready for this last game against Vegas. All right, ladies and gentlemen, stay safe out there. We'll see you guys later. Here's Jovi. Go, Abs, go!